Professional trackers need to watch where they step. When I was about 10 or 11 years old, my very first girlfriend, or at least that is what she liked me to call her, asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. A doctor, I guess, I lied, trying to impress her. That's wonderful, she said, somehow already aware, even at that tender age, that if she was going to start getting serious about a boy, he ought to have a decent future ahead of him. I didn't have the courage to tell her the truth, that what I really wanted to be when I grew up was a professional tracker. That's right, one of those quiet, hard men who used to ride bent over in the saddle looking for clues on dusty trails that will lead them to outlaws with big bounties on their heads, or to bands of renegade Apache Indians who needed to be rounded up and returned to the reservation. My mother had told me years earlier that I had some Indian blood running through my veins, one-sixteenth, I think, so I was pretty sure that I would make a great tracker, assuming, of course, that there was still going to be something left to track when I grew up. At the rate Apaches and other Indians were dying off in the cowboy movies that I was always watching, I had my doubts. But I still often fell asleep, thinking about how pretty and fast my pinto horse was going to be. His name would be Patches, and how I would be such a good tracker that no one would ever double back on me. I can hardly wait to grow up and head out west, although I was already living in West Sacramento, California at the time, where I could chase after desperados or put my ear down to the ground and listen for the distant thundering hooves of unshod ponies. Then one day in 1969, just a few weeks before I was going to turn 21, I suddenly found myself way, way out west in a place called South Vietnam. I had a tracker's uniform on all right, and they had even given me my own rifle and a whole bunch of bullets. But other than that, and the fact that the sea rations we had to eat tasted like they had been packaged way back in the days of cowboys and Indians, it didn't have the fun fitting that I always associated with being a professional tracker. Plus it dawned on me that back when I had wanted to be a professional tracker, I had definitely not spent enough time thinking about what happens when you actually catch up with the guys that you are after. Anyway, on that particular day, I was shivering from a combination of fear and chilling drizzle as I cautiously trudged through the dense elephant grass on our way to our next objective. My backpack felt like it weighed a ton, and my feet were absolutely killing me. Where was Patches when I really needed him? I thought to myself. Up ahead, our point squad leader suddenly thrust a clenched fist high into the air, mercifully bringing our 30-man aerial rifle platoon to an unexpected halt. He and his gangly friend and radio carrier were a good 15 yards in front of me, obviously worried about something that they had seen. He finally glanced back over his shoulder and cautioned his motion for me to join him. He had barely uttered a word to me since I had been placed under his command, and hoping to get on his good side, I rushed forward. But my prompt arrival went unnoticed, as both he and the corporal were busy staring out intently at an ominous-looking tree line some fifty yards to their front. Finally, he fumbled around in a pocket, pulled out a damp cigarette, lit it, and turned his attention to me. You're Fisher, the new guy, right? He asked me, looking directly at me, almost through me. Yes, sir, I said, making a mental note to stop calling non-commissioned officers, sir. 
Fisher, he demanded, pointing down to the wet earth with the barrel of his rifle. What does that look like to you? I desperately wanted my first answer to one of his questions to be correct, so I took a steady look at the object he wanted me to identify. Well, sir, I finally mumbled, it kind of looks like a pile of shit. Very good, Fisher. Now, just what do you think a pile of shit is doing way out here in the middle of nowhere? I looked back down at the ground. It had obviously been left by a human being, and it looked like it was pretty fresh. Then I bent over for a more detailed look, trying to give myself some more thinking time. Fisher, he yelled, get your face out of that. Then he grabbed one of my arms and abruptly straightened me up, causing me to lose my balance and step right into the center of the topic of our discussion. Fisher, that is enemy shit. And when you find enemy shit, what else do you think you will find? I didn't have the foggiest idea, and it apparently showed on my face, because shortly after I had stopped gagging from the smell coming up from my boot, he barked, You find the enemy, Fisher, the enemy. Do you understand? Yes, sir, I blurted out, making a quick mental note that if careers as professional trackers ever came back into vogue again, I wanted no part of becoming one.